Let's get to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth, and Ed Egros on the BetQL Network. If you like the Sixers to cover the number, then you might as well take them on the money line because they're going to find some way to go crazy, uh, whether it's you know Harden, Maxi, whomever, and it's 4-1 to one to win outright. Difference of two seconds, game clock and shot clock. Harden. Sizing up Horford. It's a three. Oh! Harden's got 45! Timeout, Boston! The dulcet tones of one Eddie Gross there telling you to take the Sixers on the money line. Hello and welcome to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM, Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, Aaron Hawksworth. We are with you from 9 to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Listen to the show on the Odyssey app. Watch the show on twitch.tv slash BetQL and follow us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. Joining us on the program today, Rick Camp from 4 for 4 will break down the NBA playoffs and how to bet it. And he also shares his favorite props. And MLB Dream will join us at 1040 Eastern Time. He's locked in on all things MLB and will tell us what he's betting on today and also give us his reaction to Bryce Harper's return. But first, it may only be a one-game sample size, but as Aaron so eloquently put it in the text exchange among the group, you know, after one game, I think we learned that to be a great playoff basketball contender you got to get involved in an argument outside a las vegas hotel just days before game one and that's exactly what we saw from james harden he drops 45 including the go-ahead late no joel Embiid, no problem as the sixers steal game one in boston 119 115 Joe, there are a lot of things that we can break down as far as this game is concerned. Obviously, James Harden's performance is where we should start. Is this sustainable from one Mr. Harden? What do you think? (laughs) (laughs) I think he needs Uh, to go back to Vegas in between games. Well, it's the best Harden that we've seen in years. It's certainly the best version of Harden that we've seen in Philadelphia. One of the best uh, versions of Harden. It's been a long, long time in the playoffs. That's been the narrative that wouldn't die, that he can't do anything in the playoffs, and that's why this number goes from six and a half all the way to sitting in double digits yesterday. And uh, the news came down, what we all expected, and Bede was not going to play. I saw it get up to ten and a half, and not a lot of people were making that case for Philadelphia to, to win that game. You did. And you know what? It makes sense. I'm kicking myself, and I understand why the yeah. odds are such a big shot, but I, what I'm kicking myself over is, if the Sixers do win, in, and you said it there, Harden or Maxi are snapping. One of them is having an unreal performance because they have to. And, and Harden to score 40 and the Sixers to win was 50-1 to one last night. Like, man, those are some of the things that, okay, if something crazy happens, you need one of those players uh, to ball out. So it has been rough in Boston over the last couple of days. <laughs> I can't imagine what's happening in sports radio right now over there. Uh, the Celt, but I understand that all this is about Harden and those last few minutes of the game, we'll, we'll go over that. Boy, was that confounding. But the Celtics, when you look at the box score, I'm like, how'd they lose? They shot 59%. How'd they lose? They had 10 more rebounds, nine more assists. The other part is they had 10 more turnovers 
than Philadelphia. And, and that's another big part of it outside of uh, Harden and Maxie's performance. Yeah, so Harden comes out hot, hits his first five shots. But Joe, like you were saying, the Celtics were right there too. Um, 17 for 20 from the field in the first quarter alone. So this was a really tight game. And when I saw that spread, I thought, I I really didn't think we were going to see this from James Harden. You know, when Ed threw that out, oh, you might as well just bet the Sixers four to one. I'm like, great idea value-wise, but uh, that's going to be a pass (laughs) for me. And then as soon as I start watching this game, I'm like, whoa, I actually Mm. might sit down and watch this whole thing right now because it was like, wow, what am I seeing? James Harden after the game saying, I haven't felt like I was in one of those zones in a while, which did did scare me. Like, are you going to go back to the Harden we're used to seeing, or are you going to find a way to get into one of those zones again? Maybe it gave him some confidence. It also sounds like Doc's really got his back. Um, talking about, you know, you hear all this stuff about Harden, but uh, he can play, essentially. But Harden <laughs> finished the game 17 for 30 from the field, including 7 for 14 from three-point range. Which is crazy because Harden almost made as many threes as the entire Celtics team. They finished with 10 from three-point range. So I just thought that was interesting as well. But, man, that's awesome. And, Ed, good for you. Props to you for throwing that out there uh, about the Sixers on the money line. Well, and that's just it with sort of NBA playoff betting is if you've got a massive spread like that, I mean, you know, they're all here for a reason, right? Like. All, all these teams that are remaining in the playoffs, there is some level of quality to them. It's not like one is just that much better than the others. You know, this is a competitive year in the NBA where we don't have that that one dominant team. And so when you come in with a 10.5-point spread, even though you're missing Joel Embiid, I mean, the Sixers have always found ways to at least, you know, keep things competitive. It's just, you know, closing things out. That's been a bit of an issue, but it wasn't this time. You know, it's interesting when you look at Boston's performance in a game like this, because to me, analyzing Boston in terms of betting on this series going forward may be even more important than just, you know, watching James Harden and and being enamored by his performance. Uh, This was from Zach Cram. The C's effective field goal percentage in game one was 65%. That's really good. 65% effective field goal from the floor. That's that's pretty good. It's the highest for any team in a playoff loss in NBA history. So you think about like all the great offensive performances that we've seen, you know, especially over the last few years, and it's the Celtics with the, the greatest effort in a losing performance. To me, mm-hmm. that says that the C's are still very much in this series. Without Joel Embiid, you know, Boston should still be the, fav- uh, the favorites here. But defensively, there are some real question marks going forward. We saw at the end of that contest when James Harden, you know, was still the go-to guy that the switches were really unusual. They were putting bigs on Harden. And I credit the Sixers game plan as far as, you know, putting Boston in a bad spot. But defensively, I think they've taken a real step back than last season. Maybe the offense can overcome it for this series, but defensively, there should be some real concerns here. Yeah. That was the case all year. I mean, because of where they were, just far and away the best defense in the league last year. And just a natural regression. It was expected a little bit, and then nobody noticed because the offense was so great. 
all season long, but now now you're starting to see it a little bit. And just the the end of that game, um, that was a pivotal call on on Maxi. Was it going to be a charge or was that going to be a block? It obviously ends up being a block on his drive. And then <laughs> Brogdon wins his award, which I was very upset about. And then he had one of the dumbest <laughs> plays that I've seen in a while. I don't know what he was doing. It's like, okay, which is that? Is any Celtic want to take this final shot? So, I mean, yeah, there were, there were a lot of various takeaways. And I, the one thing I was mad about that I talked about on the show yesterday, but it was not available to bet on because it was an official official about Embiid is Paul Reed. And he hit clutch free throws. And the rebounds, he had 13 boards with, without Embiid out there. So if he's going to miss mm-hmm. another game, uh, that, that would be a terrific look. And just talking about the Celtics, you know, Ed, with the metrics that you're pointing out, like what is your assessment of the Celtics when Embiid does come back, though? You know, do you still think – because the Celtics are still – like I'm seeing plus 190 – you know, to win it all, they really haven't, you know, dropped their odds mm-hmm. at all. And that was such a tight game without Embiid. He comes back and assuming the guys that stepped up for the Sixers last night continue down that path, this feels like a, the Sixers could win the series, doesn't it? It feels like it'll be a long series. I, I think if there is kind of an adjustment to all of this, it's that if you thought that the Celtics were going to sweep Philadelphia or win this game in five, I think you need to adjust that prior at a very minimum because the Sixers are going to find ways to, to take one some way somehow. With Joel Embiid on the floor, I think that offense becomes a little bit more reliable. But also keep in mind that Harden was shooting a lot of threes and you know Embiid is a post-up guy, right? So the, the quality of shots may be a little bit less efficient. It may require a few more trips down the floor to where Boston, you know, more than capable three-point shooting, they can come back and not sort of be buried as quickly as they were, say, in game one. So I look at this and say, yeah. we're in for a long haul. If there is something that yeah. maybe you want to bet on right now, maybe something that involves having the series go six, seven games, I think that makes a good bit more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sixers plus 150 for the series. I think most of us expect the Celtics to at least win game two. <laughs> if they're down 0-2, go to Philly, well, then it might not be a, a longer series. But I don't think any of us believe that that's, that's going to happen. A little bit of an adjustment. I believe it was plus 130 yesterday for the title. And now we're looking at plus 200 at most spots. Uh, your, your angle on the Celtics to lose yesterday. Was any part – now, look, to, to be favored by double digits a number of times in the regular season, you've got to be a good team, right, which Boston is. But they were in this spot a bunch this year, and they lost straight up when they were favored by double digits 12 times now. 12 times this year. So the, the amount of no-shows – I mean, did, did you consider <laughs> consider that angle at all? And is it something that we can see again with an Embiid absence? <laughs> I didn't know that, actually. Uh, I, yeah. I find that intriguing. Uh, maybe not too surprising, but it's still uh, alarming where you kind of say it out loud. Uh, but it, it wasn't really anything that, that factored in my mind just because with playoff basketball, it's a little bit more matchup intensive. You know, Aaron, I want to go back to your, your thought about, okay, you add Embiid. Does that make the Sixers now sort of prohibitive favorites or should they be? You know, one thing that's important to think about here is that the Sixers were really, really good at protecting the basketball. They were not turning it over. Their turnover rate of 9% uh, is quite good. 
Uh, Boston, 17.8%, not too good. And so while the Celtics were giving up possessions, uh, the Sixers were at least capitalizing off of them and making sure that they don't, uh, say, suffer from live ball turnovers and things like that. I don't know how consistent they will be turning uh how consistent they will be protecting the basketball going forward. But that's also something to bear in mind as to why things went so well for them. It wasn't just hard and shooting. It was also protecting the ball. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is turned into a fun series. I'm just excited. I hope we do get Embiid back and uh, this does go the distance because last night was a lot of fun. So if we saw two great offensive performances uh, in the early game, the nightcap was anything but. As the Nuggets uh, knock off the Suns 97 to 87, they cover the four and a half point spread. Nuggets go up two nothing in this series. And Joe, I mean, you know, a lot of paltry shooting performances sort of all the way around. Uh, but the difference is Denver has Nikola Jokic going 39-16-5. and five. Uh, Booker hung 35. Durant had 24. But on 10 of 27 shooting, that's disgusting. So we've talked before that maybe the idea was that the Nuggets would go up 2-0 in this series. And then it would be the time to pounce on the Suns. The only problem, though, is Chris Paul's injury is a concern now. So does that change your mind as far as your view on this series the rest of the way? I can't tell you how much I love the fact that Jokic, and, and I've said like he's better than this in some of his playoff wins uh, early on, and we saw the better than that last night. What a performance. 39-16, and 16, while Murray did nothing, and that's what we wondered. You know, you, you asked if it was sustainable for Harden, and obviously the answer is no. Like, that's too much of an ask. And we asked the same question about Murray yesterday. And mm -hmm. that was a big fat no. And Jokic, the back-to-back -back MVP <laughs> until tonight, he steps up. I think it is just beautiful that tonight they are going to announce the NBA MVP, the Michael Jordan Award. And they're likely to give it to Embiid. But Jokic was a superstar again. Jokic was the MVP of the night. And Embiid did not play. Like, that, that's been the storyline. What's been going on over the last few years in the NBA? Jokic, awesome again, and Embiid did not play. But he, he played enough this year to, uh, to likely yeah. win that award. Um, yeah, I mean, Paul's on the short list of guys. They play a lot of minutes. It changes a whole lot. You held that team to 87 points? I don't care where you're playing. Like, that was impressive. And... You know, what, what they're talking about with the growing tightness and after Paul left, how much they struggled. They couldn't hit anything from the outside. Uh, there's a lot of concern now. We know Phoenix is really good at home, uh, e even though, you know, Denver holds serve. They win their first two. But, but the way it's looked, I don't think you can be too happy if you're a Suns fan. Yeah, and the Suns' odds dropped. Celtics did not, but Suns now down to 9-1. to one. I don't think people were giving this Nuggets team, especially at home with the altitude and everything, enough credit here. So that was phenomenal. And Jokic is hungry. Two-time MVP, could have won it again this year, but he wants that NBA championship now. Here he comes.
there's almost the Giannis career arc, so to speak. Like you, you've won that MVP. Everyone knows who you are now. But now you need to get that ring, and that's what's going to be the game changer. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. We continue to break down what happened in the NBA coming up, and we'll also take a look ahead at what's going on tonight right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.